Welcome to a new episode of What Exactly Am I Watching Here? A proud member of the Overthink Podcast Network. I'm your host for now, Jason Helms, and I'm joined by my good bud, Dominic Lang. Say hi, Dom. Greetings and salutations there, Jason. Sheriff, would you like to see my new car? Before we begin, a quick introduction to the show, What Exactly Am I Watching Here? is a podcast that features an expert, myself, and a novice. Myself. Watching one of the great shows of television history. For now, our show is the cult favorite, Twin Peaks. We're diving into Twin Peaks, The Return. We're going to be taking The Return one episode at a time, and right now we are on episode 11. Ooh, baby. So get psyched. Things are moving. And, and I'm just going to be completely honest, because we record these things um, in a, a strange way. Um, I, I watched uh, episode 11, and then we took about uh, three weeks off. <laughs> Uh, you know, so, some so folks a little foggy on the details, but I'll do yeah, my best. You know, they took 25 years off between season two and the return. So I feel like in the spirit of things, exactly. we decided let's just take a break. Yeah, we'll take a break. Now, now that makes no difference to you because we actually got way ahead of things. Um, and you were listening to this probably like two months after we recorded it. Yeah. If you're even listening to it uh, on time, you know, when it comes out. So, right. Dom, you got to help me out. Where do we leave off? Yeah, so lots going on. Uh, Richard Horn, grandson of Ben Horn, went on a rampage. So assaulting both Miriam Sullivan, dedicated Twin Peaks t- school teacher, as well as uh, his own grandmother. So, not a fan. I am not a fan of that. That's nope, mm. not at all. Uh, the Mitchum brothers have it out for one Douglas Jones. Mm-hmm. Janie E. and Coop get it on. They, yeah, they did. They had they had quite the night. Yeah, quite a l- the little night. bit of arm flapping, if you know what I mean. <laughs> boy, boy, do I! Not <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, yes, sadly. Uh, our G man Gordon Cole has a vision of Laura Palmer, mm-hmm. and then Catherine, our our favorite log lady, calls Hawk with a message uh, that says the glow is dying and Laura is the one. Mm-hmm. So that's all right. Uh, that's part. That's the end of part ten, and now we dive full on into part eleven. And if I recall correctly, uh, part eleven opens pretty darkly uh, with a, a nice, happy game of catch. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Th- they're having a catch, and then uh, Miriam Sullivan shows up. <laughs> Miriam Sullivan, looking a bit worse for the wear. Uh, yeah. She comes crawling out of the woods, beaten and bloodied, but alive. Yes. Uh, I when last we saw Miriam, I thought she was dead. Uh, I thought that if she didn't die from her wounds, that the RV with the gas leak would set it off. So the fact that she's alive actually made me quite happy, even yes. though she's uh, she's still very much near death. Yes. And I, I hope that she survives to have as much pie as she wants. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, speaking of near death and even further closer to death. A L- little too is, close. A little too close is our dearly departed Bill Hastings. R.I.P. So what happened is Bill took Yeah, no, the... no, 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 please explain what happened. This will be great. I, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll look forward to this, Dom. <laughs> so, yeah, here's here we go. <laughs> so Bill takes the crew out to where he met the major. Mm-hmm. And while there, Gordon walks a bit out by himself and begins to see the sky warp into a hurricane-like formation that starts to spiral, and it opens up this black hole in the sky, and and Cole sees it and starts to reach up with his hands 
And for a moment, he sees three woodsmen on a staircase. And these are the same woodsmen that in part eight went on a skull crushing, message delivering, frog moth inhabiting rampage. Uh, and so he sees these three woodsmen at the same time. Diane sees a woodsman creep up behind the car that Bill Hastings is in. The woodsman sneaks into the car because he's an inter- interdimensional being and he crushes Bill Hastings skull. Accurate. Yeah. Uh, Cole is almost sucked up into the sky hole, but Albert pulls him out at the last minute. Yep. So that's about as, that's as concise as I can make it. And uh, thank you for your notes. They also discover the body of Ruth Davenport, the name you were searching for. But moments ago, you yes, had luckily taken notes. I was right below what I was looking through. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, you're good. Uh, and Ruth also has, uh, I believe, if I'm remembering everything in order, she has coordinates uh, scrawled into her arm. She does. Uh, and so lots happening at that spot yeah. in Buckhorn. Yep. Uh, elsewhere. Uh, we've got lots going on with Becky. Yes. And and Becky, if we remember, is Shelly's daughter. Uh, also, Bobby's daughter, Bobby Briggs. True. So we later find out that it's Bobby, Shelly, and Becky are not so happy. Little trio. But anyway, so Becky is on a rampage wanting to kill Steve and her on-again, off-again boyfriend. Her absolute trash heap of a boyfriend, in my opinion. Yeah. But... Husband. Oh, husband. That's right. Husband. Goodness. Um, it's been 25 years or three weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Stephen is hiding with Gersten Hayward. Gersten Hayward. Last Gersten scene. Hayward. Last scene quite some time ago. Yeah. Been uh, as as a, a far younger girl, Gersten Hayward is Donna Hayward's sister. Yeah. Last scene in season two uh, during a very awkward family dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Leland Palmer, uh, yeah. where she was uh, playing piano. Um, yeah. And according to uh, Twin Peaks, uh, The Secret History of Twin Peaks and The Final Dossier, uh, I can't remember where I'm getting this from, uh, Gersten was a piano prodigy. Uh, and kind of after all the Leland Palmer stuff and her finding out that uh, Donna was only her half-sister, she kind of went off the deep end and uh, went to college for a bit, then then fell out and uh, fell into drugs in a bad way. Mm. Yeah, Gerson's not had a uh, a great run at it, and she's she's playing the mistress right now. So yep. things things aren't too hot for her. Uh, later that night, Becky, who had confronted Stephen with a gun, but Stephen mm-hmm. wasn't there, so mm-hmm. Becky, Shelley, and Bobby have a little family uh, little family meeting at the Double R, and I would say it goes okay. It doesn't go great. Uh, it seems to have some sort of some good ending to it, but then Shelly sees her, what looks, and I'm guessing is her current boyfriend, our favorite magician slash drug dealer, Red, mm-hmm. uh, who is quite giddy at seeing yep. Shelly. And after they connect, uh, shots are fired at the double R, or there's a shot fired, and Bobby runs out into the street to investigate and he sees that it was basically a gun went off in a car accidentally. The parents are pissed at the kid. Uh, a few cars behind, there is an incessant, incessant honking happening. And I like 
I almost turned off the episode because yeah. it was like so, so blaring, so annoying. And Bobby, thankfully, goes to the woman who is honking. And the woman is bonkers. Like They're going to be late for dinner. Are you, why are you judging? They're going to be late. Right, yeah, gonna, she's very it's, sick. It's way past, it's way way past, past the hour. Yeah. And she's very sick. We're expecting him. And the kid that is in the car starts vomiting green liquid. This yeah. isn't this isn't Garmin Bosia. No, it's it's not the it's not chunky. It's not the corn. This is this just looks like green puke. And, like and exorcist. She doesn't, she doesn't look like she's sick. She looks straight up possessed or zombie. Like yes, this is next level. Yeah. So my first thought was like something is starting to take over the town itself. That's where my head went. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to play out at all, but that's where I'm. That's what I'm thinking in regards to this sickness that's overtaking. Uh, so, like I said earlier, the Mitchums have it out for our Douglas Jones. They are all set to kill him. But here's the deal. Here's the thing. <laughs> I love here's, this so much. Here's the thing. Bradley Mitchum had a yep. dream last night. Yep. Bradley couldn't sleep. When they have their 2.30 afternoon breakfast cereal, Bradley can't eat at all. Bradley Mitchum, a.k.a. the greater Belushi. Yes. Said no one ever. Sorry. Go on. (laughs) A a Belushi. A Belushi. One of the Belushis. Who who could tell? So Bradley had a dream. Couldn't sleep. Okay. So Dougie and Mullins have a meeting to discuss what's going on. Mullins has given Dougie a check. For the Mitchums. And before Dougie goes to the meeting, he stops off at a bakery because he sees a vision of Mike. Mike is calling over to the bakery, leads him there, but we don't see what happens. Okay, so Dougie shows up at the appointed place. He's driven there. It's in the desert. It's your setup. Dougie's going to die. He's going to get shot in the desert. He's going to be buried in the desert. End of story. Hey, Red Door. (laughs) That's the same limo driver from earlier. (laughs) That That guy. You know, hey, because Red Door. We, we missed we missed him so much. We needed to get him back there. Red By the door. way, good limo driver, able to find a house with just a red door mm-hmm. uh, as the only clue. And also totally willing to stand by and watch a passenger get shot. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure he knows that's that's where this was headed. Yeah. There's no way you can't know this is coming. Didn't look uh, concerned. He's happy. He's you know, wait. He's getting so. paid. He's out of there. So when they're there. There's, you know, the Mitchum brothers, Dougie. So right before, though, right before they meet, Bradley says, you know, in my dream, your wound, his brother's wound from... Candy's remote fly Yeah, killing. Candy's remote swinging, that yep. wound was healed. So Bradley pulls off the bandage and healed. Healed. So, okay, okay, healed. They step out to meet Dougie, a messenger with a box, just like Bradley's dream. And Bradley makes his brother promise, says, if what I say is in the box, is in the box, we can't kill him. Can't but kill it's got to be this one certain thing. This, Just this one and one only thing. Only thing. One and only thing. And he tells his brother, and his brother says, you got to shit me. And these go back. So, I but, hate that Dougie Jones. Oh, I, I want to kill oh, that Dougie no, Jones. I want to kill him. So, if what's, if what's in the box, what, is what I what's in the box? Was. What's in the box? I'll tell you what's in the box. Then he is here to help us. He is our friend. He is our friend because cherry pie is in the box. Show me what's in the box. Open it up. Open it up. 
a beautiful cherry pie in there. Beautiful cherry pie. Cherry in pie. the box. Cherry pie. You know what they're gonna do? You know what they're gonna do with that cherry pie? They're gonna go mm. to a restaurant, mm. have a wonderful dinner, and they're gonna have some cherry pie for dessert. What's the corkage fee on bringing a <laughs> random cherry pie to a restaurant? <laughs> How's that uh, work? In in Vegas, nine fifty. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, and so at the dinner, uh, they're enjoying uh, some some wine, some cherry pie. They're they're toasting each other. Toasting each other. Which Dougie uh, is struggling with. Yeah. He's, he's making it. Who should appear but our favorite slot lady addict? Who, <laughs> Mr. Who rec- Jackpots. Mr. Jackpots, who recognizes <laughs> our Mr. Jackpots friends. And very sincerely, I thought, it was a very sweet and very tender reminder to the Mitchum brothers that they have a very nice man in their presence. Oh, and know. they have a, a very compassionate man. In their presence, mm-hmm. uh, there is a piano player in the restaurant playing kind of your standard music in the background. But at a certain point, he changes tunes, and the music seems to, if not if not fully awaken Dougie, it seems to at least call out and connect to him in a particular way. Mm-hmm. And it sounded it sounded very similar to something that that Battlemente had either composed or it sounded in that vein. Yeah. At least for me. Yeah. But that's how the episode ends. He doesn't there's no actual like Cooper snapping to, there's nothing but it's just a call out, kind of a, a hint, a musical little hook. And we end on our uh on our piano player. Uh so we don't we don't go back to Twin Peaks for musical act. We end in the restaurant. Yes. Yes. A rare, rare end outside of the, uh, the roadhouse. Yeah. So that was a lot going on. It was an interesting episode in the sense that we learn a little bit more about Bobby, Shelley, and Becky, that family dynamic, kind of the continuing lives of characters that we started with. The ideas about dreams having great significance Mm-hmm. in Twin Peaks and seeing that occur not just in Twin Peaks, but in out in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. somebody having a dream, somebody pursuing that. And it actually like having an effect in the real life. Yep. Uh, so I think overall, the, the later these episodes go, the more my patience is being tested. If I'm honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah. Like the wormhole at the beginning was a really interesting development, as well as seeing the coordinates on Ruth Davenport's arm. Uh, those are interesting because, again, there's, I think, a connection, you know, again, connection to the major, which connects us back to Twin Peaks. So I want, I want everything to come back to Twin Peaks. Like I want people to start gathering. I feel like, like it's time for things to start narrowing in. Yeah. Um, yep. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it is, and so that's what worries me. But that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. No, I understand. Um, you wrote in the notes. This is the closest and furthest uh, Dale mm-hmm. has gotten to being back, and I and I like that. That's that's exactly how it feels. It's a few little things, just enough to give you faith. I think at this point, the cherry pie, the fact that the scenes themselves, I, I really think are enjoyable. I I cannot express enough how much more enjoyable this show is on a second watch. 
when you know what's happening and you're no longer like, but is Dale going to come back? Yeah. What's, that's, that's where what's I am. Here? Yeah. That's where I am. And it, it takes the joy out of some of those cherry pie scenes. Like, yeah. Because you're like, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is. Uh, I think part of the reason for it is Lynch wanting you to just be patient and wanting you to learn what it's like to be patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because of that, re- on the rewatch, since you are patient, you're not worried about those things. You can just stop and, and soak it all in. And then when, when uh, slot addict lady shows yeah. up, it's like, hey, look, Mr. Jackpots, I'm talking to my son again. <laughs> right, right. Um, if it's a lot sweeter in that way. I think it really is. Because I, I really did. Like once the music started, I I thought there would be something. Yeah. And the fact that it just didn't happen. I mean the the takedown outside of work, like where there was the near assassination attempt, that seemed like physically the closest mm-hmm. that we've come to Cooper waking up. Yeah. And that was several episodes ago. Yeah. So it. Like, I don't know what's going to wake him up. I think that's where I feel more, not hopeless, but more just kind of like, I don't know what it's like, what's it going to take? All right. Let's, we, we do this on some of our other shows. So let's do prediction corner. Okay. I think you said the over under at episode 13. Yeah. And you took the under and said, or by episode 13. Yes. I said by episode 13. So we still got 12 and 13 to go. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you might be getting nervous about that bet. Oh, I'm super nervous. But, but here's a bigger question for you as we approach that. Yeah. Do you think that Dale is going to wake up? Like, at all? Yeah. I don't even know if that's even been raised in your mind as a possibility. No, it has. Trust me, it has. No, no. <laughs> and there's a solid third of me that says no. Uh-huh. Or that he's going to, like, there's going to be something at the very end that is open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. We're like, well, that might be. By the way, bold prediction with uh, Twin Peaks that something at the end might be open to interpretation. Yeah, <laughs> something <laughs> ambiguous. No, you mean something ambiguous? Yeah, there might be something ambiguous. Also, I think it's kid. creepy. Yeah, might be, might even be off-putting. Yeah, like I feel as if if Cooper starts to walk away and he like changes his gait and then the show ends and you're like, mm. oh, because he started walking differently, he woke up. Kaiser Soze style. That's going to be the end of it. Yeah. And or you're going to hear the like the old kind of jazz soundtrack and Cooper starts walking and then we go and then we then we fade out. And that's yep. like, oh, he woke up because of the music or something. Yep. I I desperately want him to wake up. Yep. <laughs> Just all cards on the table. Please, Cooper, snap out of it. Like, come on. Come on back, Coop. Ooh, all right. Well, I'll leave that, that line and not say any more on that. Um, okay. The, uh, I, I don't want to hint either way. I don't want to yeah. give you anything. Um, right. That's fair. You, would you like to change your, uh, your guess of episode 13? No, I've, I've... Sticking with it. I, I, I made the wager, so I've got to hold to it. All right. All right. I think I'm getting some cherry pie. We'll see. Oh, you um, dog. <laughs> all right. Oh, one thing that I totally missed. Not, I didn't even see this on the second watch. I did not realize that Shelly's boyfriend was red. So thank you for pointing that out to me. You're welcome. That is heartbreaking. Yes. Even worse for Bobby. Yeah. And Bobby, who is on the first couple of seasons, was kind of in like the middle range in terms of my favorite characters, but is quickly becoming one of my favorites in The Return. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm so surprised at how good Bobby is. Yeah. In the return. Uh, mm-hmm. He was never one of my favorites back in the day. He was always kind of fine, a little bit of an overactor, but, but he really is good. Yeah. Uh, in the return. Uh, really sharp. Yeah. There's just a, a, a sincerity and earnestness. I think I like, I appreciate that sincerity because I miss Cooper's sincerity and, uh, and earnestness. Like he's, He's kind of for me like a pseudo, like a Cooper light in being a sheriff at Twin Peaks and trying to uphold a sense of duty and justice and having some sort of center in that way. Like I think makes him stand out as a character for me. Yeah. All right. Um, well, next week we're covering anything else on this uh, episode before we move on. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I think I think we about covered it. All right, next week, part 12. So yeah, thank huh. you for joining us on What Exactly Am I Watching Here? Get on to uh, part 12, watch it, enjoy it. Uh, you can always get ahead of, get a hold of us on Twitter, where our handle is at OverthinkPod. Find more at theoverthink.com. Right. Uh, I'm on Twitter as at Helm Street. Dom, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at Dominic underscore Lang and Instagram, Dominic Lang. And I like to point out that spelled... L-A-I-N-G. Because mm-hmm. I'm a bad speller and a better smeller. <laughs> All right. Until next time, it is way past 6.30. Why is this happening? Mm-hmm.